This is Post Credit Brews with Matt, Dave, and John. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And on today's episode, we are dedicating it to UB Halloween, the new Adam Sandler Netflix movie. Yahoo! Uh, obviously seasonal with it being October. You know, I think we kind of like bounced around with like what we wanted to do for this episode. You know, this movie dropped last week. A lot of people were talking about it. So we kind of came to that conclusion where we were like, you know, why don't we just do a review on it? Um, So pretty much what we got for this episode, we're just going to talk about Adam Sandler as a whole on Netflix. You know, obviously to most of our loyal listeners, we did an episode dedicated to him earlier this year for Uncut Gems. But, you know, I mean, since 2015, he's pretty much had a new movie drop on Netflix. And somehow they've been very profitable for that streamer. So, you know, obviously a discussion we're going to have around those movies. And then we're just going to kind of talk about Netflix movies as a whole this year. Just because obviously, you know, with the pandemic, people aren't going to the movies. But certain movies are dropping on Netflix. So um, I think there's going to be a discussion around there. And then, obviously, we're going to be talking about the beer that we have for today. So, I'm going to lead this to John. John, can you let us know what we got today? So, the beer that we have today, obviously, is October. We're doing pumpkin-themed beers. We've kind of moved out of the brews of summer into more seasonal. We have the Zombies Are People 2 Pumpkin Ale from New Trail Brewing Company in Williamsport, PA. And uh, I don't, I don't know about you guys. I'm, a, I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about this because I've never really had a flavored, you know, beer like this before. So yeah, uh, the the pumpkin beers are, mm-hmm. it's a whole different world when it comes to the beers, mm-hmm. just because of yeah, you know how much pumpkin people put in in, in it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It from, I mean, I'm not usually a pumpkin beer drinker, but. From people that I have consulted with who are big on them, yeah. are really big on them, and yeah. you know they they have their favorites, and they mm-hmm. they it can go one way or the other, like good or bad. Yeah. So I think that's like pumpkin flavored stuff in general. I don't yeah. even think it's just beers. Like I think everyone's putting yeah. pumpkin in everything, and I yeah, little bit here and there. Like I don't love pumpkin, but like I'll have it. Do you like pumpkin pie? Yeah, I do. You like pumpkin yeah. pie? I like it, but I, I'm I'm never gonna go out of my way to order anything pumpkin. That's yeah. how I am, at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, I feel like the window of opportunity for, like, I guess the right time to get something pumpkin flavored is so small that mm-hmm. I get. You, you drink coffee, like coffee and lattes? Are like, you drinking pumpkin spice lattes and stuff like that? No. Yeah. yeah. Like with what John I said, yeah. I don't go out of my way to, like, mm-hmm. order a pumpkin thing. But yeah, if you're at a buffet or something like that and it's pumpkin, all right, I'll try it. Yeah, like pumpkin. I, I like pumpkin pie and stuff like that. I really, mm-hmm. I never really associate it with eating out of any other months of the year really just october november but yeah yeah i never really even associated like pumpkin with with beer mm-hmm. i never thought those two would ever like no. be something that goes together yeah. what's well, same with like like all these like weird craft beers people are doing like chocolate and peanut butter and it's just like there's a place for that stuff and it's not mm-hmm. in my beer it's like you and i were talking before at the table read earlier this afternoon mm-hmm. and we were talking about the gobbler at wawa and mm-hmm. now you had there's a coal gobbler out there too now right mm-hmm. yeah Gobbler at Wawa has not been good in, I would say, about like four years. It's been a while since the Gobbler's been good. What did you say? Remember when you confronted the people at Wawa about the Gobbler? Mm-hmm. I asked who invented it, right? <laughs> yeah. They couldn't give me an answer. You put them around the spot, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you were there, John. We were, we were at, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But you guys, I think we dropped you off at Wawa. And you guys walked back to your house after the bar one night. Yeah. And... 
Spursley Matt was asking, like, really going hard at the Wawa people about like who invented the gobbler like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. I never got an answer. <laughs> Those people working at two in the morning probably aren't going to want to give you one. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the gobbler's good. You know, you got you got your turkey on there. You had your stuffing, your cranberry sauce, and it was on, you know, just a wah-wah roll. It just seems messy. All right. Let's go get our hands dirty. It It, it was a little messy. Yeah, but it was good. It was, You know, and now these past few years, it's just... It hasn't been good. Do you think like Wawa in general has just gone downhill? I I feel like the, as more corporate as it's becoming, yeah, the the quality of the food has gone down significantly. Yeah. I think and it's even more on like like a cold hoagie. Like how do you fuck up a cold hoagie? And then sometimes sometimes I go in there and yeah. they manage to do it. You know. I think for me, it's I think Wawa is starting to get to that point where it's like quantity over quality. And I yeah. think like you every corner you go, there's a new Wawa being built. Yeah, there's an every um, corner there's a new Wawa, a new yeah. Vision Center. Mm-hmm. And Dave, you know what? I I want to make sure you can be clear about this because we have a a couple loyal fans in Ireland. Can you explain to them what Wawa is? Oh yeah, the for the three people that keep pounding us with emails and and DMs and kind of that stuff, Wawa is it's kind of like like a a gas station stop. Yeah, it's like a localized Seven Eleven. I feel like yeah. mostly in PA, NJ. They're in a few like other spots too, but like that's mostly what people associate it with. <laughs> it's a good loyal. <laughs> it is a loyal fan, right, John? I suppose. Yeah, I guess he is. Well, it's he the, fan, the fan art that he's sending. He sent the, the Celtic drum that's a postcard bruise on it. It's hanging up on the wall right there. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thank, picture. It's it's nice. Yeah. Can't find art like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's postcard bruise. We got the postcard of beer crack. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm actually excited for this one. I, I really yeah. am. I think I'm either going to like it a lot or not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So zombie lives matter too. So let's mm-hmm. let's give it a try. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Wake up while it's cold, ladies. Okay. So, so what? This is Sandler's fifth Netflix. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to say. I think what we need to talk about is, um, you know, we're just going to jump right into it. Sandler on Netflix. So, you know, years ago, I'd say it was probably like 2013, 2014, Sandler signed some deal with Netflix. He was going to make these movies for him. I think it started as a four-movie deal. Um, So those four movies, The Ridiculous Six, The Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, and The Week Of. Have you guys seen any of those movies? I've seen all of them but The Week Of. I've seen all of them, but it was a great when I like right when I came in from the bar, mm-hmm. yeah, it's actually like, honestly, every time that I, I like like crashed at your place, mm-hmm. you threw it, you threw one of these on, put one of these on. I mean, it's a good movie to watch when you come in from the bar and you're just drunk with that greasy cheese you know? steak and everything. Yeah, right. that was always the best. Like we like go out, we would go out to the bar and then we would go back to your place. Mm-hmm. We we have like these greasy cheese steaks from a uh, steak and hoagie factory. Mm-hmm. It's not open anymore. They cl- the door's not right? They closed that down, yeah, didn't yeah. they? Sadly. I just drove by there the other day. It was yeah. just... Uh, R.I.P. I know. Let's pour one out for this down... The Doylestown Steak and Hoagie Factory. Yeah. We still got the Abington, but... That Doylestown one. And the Warmester one, too. That's right. Yeah. They got good sandwiches. They do. Yeah. Do you ever try the one that's like the, the cheesesteak and the chicken cheesesteak together? No, no. They put both of them in, into it. Oh, it's good. It's like... Oof, it's like cheese. It's like cheesesteak and like a buffalo chicken cheesesteak yeah. combined together. Okay. Oh, it's really good. You missed out, John. Sorry. Steak and Hoagie Factory is good. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. You missed out on the Doylestown one. 
There's something special about that place. Stories, yeah. Yeah. But, okay. So, yeah. So, these I've seen, too. So, I've seen Ridiculous Six and Sandy Wexler. The Do-Over and The Week Of, I watched, like, half of, and I never You've finished You've never seen them. The Do-Over? Bits and pieces. I never finished no. it, though. Yeah. But, you know, I think, again, like, what I want to bring up is, like, these movies that he did, it's his regular crew. You know, director-wise, the same guy that directed Ridiculous Six, his name is Frank Karachi. I guess that's how you say his name. He also directed Click, Waterboy, The Wedding Singer, The Do-Over, Stephen Brill. He directed Heavyweights, Dave. Did he really? He did. Yeah. And he directed Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, and, uh, and he directed this one, too. So he directed UB Halloween. But, you know, I don't know. I think we're we're seeing him with these Netflix movies just use his same crew and everything. Actors he likes working with, directors, writers. So I don't know. What kind of stands out with you guys with any of these movies? Did any of these movies have any substance? Or did you feel like they were just goofy to be goofy? Well, I, I, I've said for years that Sandler is really... He hasn't really cared. Mm-hmm. About what he's putting out there, mm-hmm. I admire him for that too because yeah. he really has the best job in the world. Mm-hmm. He's making movies about things that he thinks is funny with the people that are close mm-hmm. to him, his best friends. Yeah, and from like you can just tell just from like that. If you ever see any of the bloopers and the and like the behind the scenes from any of these movies, mm-hmm. they're having a ball. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the whole vibe on the set of these movies is so, like one big party. Yeah, um, not even like a party. It's just people just hanging yeah. out and just laughing. Yeah. And and again, like you know, we're not looking at these movies expecting him to be the next, uh, next like Roma or the next you know Irishman, <laughs> you know right, things like right. that. But you know, I, I think we're watching it, and yeah, I mean, I think you get that sense of like he's working on the set with Kevin James, and I'm sure Kevin James probably pulls him aside and is like, "Wouldn't it be funny if I did this?" And he's like, "Yeah, you should do that." And those are the parts of the movie where you're kind of sitting there and you're just like, "What is going on?" You but- know. I, I would make the argument that if Sandler didn't have the success that he did early in his career with mm-hmm. the blockbusters like uh, yeah. Happy Gilmore and mm-hmm. Madison, yeah, Mr. Deeds, and the list goes on, like mm-hmm. from the from the nineties to the early two thousands, yeah, I don't think he strikes his Netflix deal, and if mm-hmm. it, if he didn't, no one will be watching these, yeah. So yeah. I, I think like he's definitely like piggybacking off his his success, like anyone should piggybacking yeah. off their yeah. success, yeah. Well, I think you're seeing that with Netflix now, though, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mean, this was pretty early on, like he was doing these movies starting in 2015, but I think, yeah, he is that big box office draw. So I think that's, you know, Netflix knows if we sign this big star to us, he's going to bring in a ton of, you know, our yeah. numbers are going to be huge. Money talks. But I, I think like, like what I was getting at was, I think all what all the success and his popularity mm-hmm. Yeah. And drawn toward like the younger mm-hmm. millennial crowd, yeah. Because all of us as millennials have mm-hmm. grown up watching Sandler. Mm-hmm. Like Netflix is probably the best like platform for him. Yeah. Like big movie theaters are not. Uh, he's not going to make the money in mm-hmm. in the the views and the reviews for if he if he puts all these movies out on the big screen. It's probably like a waste of money if he does that. I think if yeah. you look at some of his last theatrical movies, like 2011 Jack and Jill, mm-hmm. 2012 That's My Boy. And, you know, and he did Blended in 2014. Like, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. all those movies didn't perform. Like, I know That's My Boy was, like, a big, like, disappointment. Like, yeah. that movie, like, bombed pretty hard at the yeah. box office. I could have so told, told you that before right after seeing the trailer. It was going to be a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I think part of it was kind of these movies, you know, he's not the big draw that he was in the early 2000s. But mm-hmm. 
net you know net like people maybe don't want to pay to see his movies but if they can just pop mm-hmm. his movie on right here at home yeah they, they're more likely to do that and his movies on netflix are popular they're mm-hmm. always like number one when yeah they come out. and i mean it's easy like you put the netflix app on and that's like yeah if like ub halloween premieres like on friday you're sitting there and it's like already there and it's just e- one click i said like the the millennial crowd no i heard about this movie mm-hmm. first i was at a softball tournament mm-hmm and the guys I was playing with, like, yo, did you see that new Santa movie on Netflix? Mm-hmm. So, like, people, like, our age are, are talking about it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I found out about it. Mm-hmm. I never knew this movie was in existence until... Until then, yeah. Just from word of mouth. Yeah, And yeah. I, I think that's another big thing about Santa. Like, a lot of his stuff is just word of mouth, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you... I didn't see any promotion for this. I don't see yeah. any posters for this or anything like that. Mm-hmm. For any of his movies, to be, rather. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Netflix has been doing that a lot. Like, they don't really promote it too much. And then, like... They'll be like, all right, this is going to drop in a week. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have that, like, anticipation. Six months, you know it's coming. Look at The Irishman. Like, barely mm-hmm. any promotion for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't really, like, hear too much about it leading up. But I was going to say, even, like, the, the last one he did, the one with Jennifer Aniston, I mean, that that's a big name, too, that murder mystery movie he did. And I think for a while, that was, like, number one for, like, most views on Netflix, like, ever. So yeah, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you know, I mean, you go into these, you know what you expect. Like, you're not expecting to, you know, like I said, like be seeing like a Romo or a Marriage Story. You're just kind of, it's a Sandler comedy. These are easy movies. Yeah, I would just like I have a a list of people I would love to sit down and have a beer with. Mm-hmm. And number one is Nick Foles for me. Mm-hmm. Would love to sit down and have a beer with Nick Foles. Yeah. Love to have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. but I would put Adam Sandler up up there too. Yeah, I would love to just like talk to him, and mm-hmm. he seems like a cool guy. Supposedly, he's supposed to be like a pretty nice guy. Like you don't ever hear anything like bad about him or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be cool to sit down, have a beer, or cheesesteak with him, right? Would you? Who would be on your list of people you would love to sit down, and have a beer with? Yeah, Sandler would be on there. I'm trying to think of who else. I'm like, I literally just thought about this like five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. I think Sandler would be cool. Like I got two, like Nick Foles and Sandler. And I'd... Yeah. Adam Sandler. Um, Martin Scorsese would be cool to have a beer with. Yeah. He'd be cool. Yeah. John, how about you? Yeah. Again, I would probably say Sandler. Uh, mm-hmm. John Taffer, maybe. John Taffer. Yeah. <laughs> Bar Rescue. <laughs> Shut it down. I don't know if I'd want to, like, be sitting in a bar with him, because I feel like he'd just be pointing out, like, everything, like, this is bad, that's bad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little weary. Sometimes he overboard you. <laughs> John, that's the... That's the we, we, we want him to do that. Yeah. I've seen... <laughs> yeah. I've seen enough, like, bar rescues and kitchen nightmares to, like, know, like, yeah, if you're, like, in a restaurant, you're sitting in a booth. Like, my mind just immediately starts thinking, of, like, what's underneath the booth? <laughs> so you pull that stuff up and you see all these bugs. I don't know. That's disgusting. I remember like working at the country club I worked at, mm. and like watching bar rescue clips and like kitchen nightmares clips. Like doing, I'm like, mm. Dude, that, that, that's that's a work. That's a work. Yeah, like, I've seen this before. You get that critical eye after watching those shows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean he's he's got some more movies coming out on Netflix. I think he's got a couple more. Did they know? did they extend the deal at all? I think they did. Yeah, so I think. I think Murder Mystery was the first one he made under the extended deal. In the and new, is, and it was four and more, right? Two. Something like that, yeah. Yes, this would be two. I, I'm pretty sure, and I would need to check again, but I'm pretty sure that one he's doing that LeBron James is producing, I don't think it's part of 
Probably this. not. It's probably I think not it's its own Madison, thing. So, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's announced what the next like comedy one is. No, nah, and he usually doesn't. Like I don't even remember hearing about this one. He you probably know? knows what it is. But yeah. It's probably. That's. I think this movie filmed like a year ago. Like, yeah. Was, I mean, this movie's probably been. It's been done for a while. Yeah. When we were doing our recon for the review for this and mm-hmm. do a little bit of research, yeah. your brother-in-law messaged me on Facebook mm-hmm. and sent me this really, really interesting article. Mm-hmm. It pretty much was saying that Sandler is trying to develop a, a Sandler cinematic universe where like all of the, his characters and movies mm-hmm. are all in one reality and world together. I'm curious to think what you guys think about this. There's lots of sandless here. It's a sandstorm. You know, I, I would need to see the mechanics of it or, like, how they would work it out. But I think they, they did pretty well in this one where they're just kind of, like, putting in the orderly. You know, Ben Stiller was in it, you know, from Happy Gilmore. And then you had the O'Doyle shout-out, too. So I think small things like that are good to see, you know. Uh, but I don't know what else you'd be able to throw in there. I mean, Farmer Fran, that's probably a good character that you could just see in and out, you know. But... Yeah, I don't think, like, just do, like, Easter eggs. Like, the thing with, you know, Stiller in this movie was a good, like, Easter egg. Like, if you don't mm-hmm. if you don't know what it means, it's not going to ruin the movie. But if you do understand it, then it's a nice little, like, nod. Mm-hmm. Like, don't make, like, sequels and, you know, all this connected. Yeah. And I don't think Happy Gilmore 2. <laughs> I would hope, like, would that look like this? If he made Happy Gilmore 2, would that look like this type just, of movie? A, a sound in Netflix movie? Yeah. I would hope not. Uh, I think he'd be a sellout if he, if it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's certain Sandy products that mm-hmm. deserve a little bit more than just a straight to Netflix. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, this is my, my stance on Sandler, and I know we talked about this back in January, but I'm going to say it again. The last, like, up from Billy Madison up until this point, the last very good out of you was 51st Dates. And I felt like everything he did afterward, it was just kind of like, this is okay. And then it got to, yeah, and then you get the Jack and Jill and you're just like, this is not okay. Yeah. You go back and you do like second and third viewings. Like now that I'm, you know, now that we're mm-hmm. like critics, I guess, are we critics now? Are we calling ourselves critics? Uh, I don't think we're allowed to call ourselves critics yet, but we're trying to get to that point. Still in review? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In review. We don't have those titles. In review for the review. Yeah. yeah. Um. We have that critic eye, though, mm-hmm. especially from doing all these reviews that we've been doing. Yeah, I I, f- I found myself enjoying his more serious roles mm-hmm. that he's done. Yeah, I think Rain on Me came on came after Fifty First Dates. Mm-hmm. That was a really good movie. Yeah, and yeah. I, I told you that that's um in my uh best performances from him. My Mount Rushmore of Adam Sandler. Yeah, you have him on there. Yeah, yeah. You know, Matt and I did the Mount Rushmore of Adam Sandler in mm-hmm. our. Review of Uncut Gems back in January. You can check out that episode. Mm-hmm. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. yeah. Funny people. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize how personal. That was like a real, like him and Adam Sandler, Judd Apatow were roommates for a while. So that was like a were pretty really? like personal story. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. So he, I mean, Judd Apatow has all these stories that he tells of like just Adam Sandler making prank calls and just like how funny he was. So I think that was a very like personal story on a few different levels for them. But yeah, I mean that was that was a pretty serious movie. Um kind of like uh King of Staten Island. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, similar to that where it's like a, you know, telling a personal story. Mm-hmm. 
And what else? And then we had, yeah, I mean, Punch Drunk Love and, <laughs> you know, different movies like that. Uncut Gems. I want to see him do another Uncut Gems or just another, like, performance like that. This is me. This is how I win. Probably will at some point. Yeah. It's kind of a, like a, a nice segue into reviewing the movie because when he got snubbed for Uncut Gems, he did say he was going to make the worst thing imaginable. Yeah. And ironically enough, Hubie Halloween came out right after that. So, guys. Hubie Halloween was probably in the can, though, when he was doing Gems. But I'm also saying, like, he might have, like, known, like, this is going to be, like, a horrendous movie. Yeah. Or, like. He had, he had to have. He like, had Jack to have known. Jack and Jill is far worse. The do-over on Netflix is far worse. The do-over's worse? The do- yeah, the do-over. Yeah. But his R-rated stuff is bad. Like, what, atro- what I'm atrocious. S- what I'm going to say with this is, like, my big thing with this movie is it it knows what it is. Like, I think they know this is just one big goofy movie. And I think, at, at least for me, like, if it knows what it is, then it's not, mm-hmm. like... I think the do-over was trying to be something it yeah. wasn't. Like an R-rated, mm-hmm. like, con- like he, well, Sandler can't make R-rated movies. I think I would even say The Ridiculous Six. Like, right out the gate, you're doing, like, a Western comedy. Like, I don't think that was the... That was definitely not at the level that UB Halloween is at. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I kind of agree with that one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> you think Ridiculous was worse, right? I was more ridiculous. Well, yeah. no, well, again, like this is pretty nuts, but like this just looks like a like UB Halloween just looks like a party. I bring the beers. Like whereas, yeah. like ridiculous six, I felt like I don't know what they were trying to say in that, but like I'm more willing to give them a pass for UB than that. I am too. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean the do the doover was pretty ridiculous. Again, I th- I think Wexler Wexler is similar to this one, but it's mm-hmm. still. I think Wexler was. Kind of like it could be a little bit, thinking it could be a little bit more than it was. The whole yeah storyline with Jennifer Hudson and everything in that movie, but mm-hmm. I, I just knew what it was. Let's which... put it this way: Hubie Halloween is the equivalent to a college kid writing his paper the night before it's due. There was, from beginning to end, there was no direct storyline that was actually happening. It seemed like it was a bunch of cutscenes that that that. Mm-hmm. that they thought were funny, and they just put them together thinking that it was going to create something out of nothing. This movie was horrendous. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Can I do you one better, Dave? You know what this is, and what you just said inspired me. You know what this movie is? This movie is the teacher assigns a group project and lets the kids pick who they want to work with. So UB Halloween is, are just the kids that are like the class clowns. And they're just like, we're not going to do anything for this. We're just going to do it last minute, and we're just going to wing it. And that is essentially what this movie is. And the person and I don't have the, any issue with that. And and the editor it's, is the person that I, that was the kid that actually gave a damn about it. Yeah, yeah. And he knows it's a dumpster fire, but he's just like, you know what? They're having a good time doing this, so I'm gonna get real weird with it. But guys, I, I got to tell you, this movie was awful. I thought this movie was awful. You know, and it makes. I've never, I've never been more critical about a movie on this podcast, but this movie was absolutely terrible. It took me three times to watch this thing fully through. I couldn't get through it. You are a sad, strange little man. I could not get through it. This is a lot of steam after the first like twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've constantly felt myself wondering, what the fuck am I watching? Like, what is going on? And I should have known that because it was a Sandler movie, but. 
even just even just like me trying to take this seriously and trying to watch the movie, I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. Let's just break it down. We got this guy Hubie. Mm-hmm. Supposedly he's this guy that everybody knows about, but yeah, I mean he's like the town right right out of the get go. Like mm-hmm. I had no idea what what he was. The whole town's like really mean to him, right? For me, it was the voice that he was. I wasn't crazy. It about It was like the a combination of like that's my yeah. boy and and Billy Madison and mm-hmm. Little Nicky all wrapped up into one. He did a pretty bad voice, and that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seemed kind of tame in this movie, though. Tame in a performance sense. Well, I was he screamed every other line. What there were, there were some moments with uh, every other scene was a jump scare for him. There were some moments with he like was when he was in the haunted shadow. house. Like when he was in the haunted house, that was a little much for me. <laughs> I think, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, again, you know, you think in the back of your mind, like this, this movie knows what it is. But yeah, I mean, there were some moments where it was just like that was Sandler, like the uh, the one part. I mean, this is like classic new Sandler, not like old like little Nicky Waterboy Sandler, but like new Sandler, where like in the beginning of the movie where he's riding his bike. And, like, the kids are throwing eggs at him, and he just, like, collects it in his thermos. Yeah. That... And then drinks it and throws up. Mark, I think the, the, thermo- I... the thermos, as, as I, I found myself laughing a little bit. At, it was like, a character. At, like, uh, it was a character. Yeah. It, how, like, how much that he was able to do with that. But at the same time, the way that he acted with it and engaged with it, it added on to the persona that this guy has a mental disability. You know, just like this is supposed to be the character, I guess there was some some comedic elements part of that. But let's talk about it. Like, who is this guy? Like that. That's why the first one was. I'm like, like what? Who? Who is this? Like, where does ha- he come and, and, from? And, and, and Happy Gilmore, he does a good job of it at the beginning. My name is Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. My my parents died. My grandma took me in. Like, you got a little bit of backstory. Like, like, like you, you knew what you needed to know like, in the first like five minutes. Yeah. It took me a good half hour to realize that he was. <laughs> Like the the neighborhood watch kind of guy because that's what he is. Right, he's the neighborhood watch guy, right? I think he was. Just I'm, I'm sorry like for screaming. Volu- I'm sorry for screaming. Getting animated, but like, I think he's basically like a volunteer, like for Halloween. I guess that's a position now. <laughs> I'm so you're you're posing this question of like who this guy is, Dave, and I'm like imagining the scenes of him in the kitchen with June Squibb, like June Squibb signed on to be in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> And what they got? I like, did. I did. The t-shirts Ray, they got her to wear. I did laugh at the. Ray, Ray I did laugh at the t-shirts. Yeah. I Ray did. Ray Liotta la- signed on. To yeah, Ray, Ray Liotta. <laughs> the fuck was he doing in this movie? I mean, I even think him showing up in Wild Hogs was a stretch. And then I you got this movie. Like, right, yeah. Thirteen years later, <laughs> he had no purpose in this movie. He was just a bully to him. Like there was nothing See, else I, to. I thought Liotta was in a Sandler movie already, and when I was told that he wasn't. That's when I was kind of like, why the hell did he do this? Yeah. And it was funny, too, because I was, I was talking to John before we recorded this, Dave, and I was telling him, like, look back at Leota last year, and he he was one of my favorite parts in Marriage Story, where he played the one divorce attorney, and I felt like he played it so convincing, and he was good, and then you see him in this, and you're just like, what is he doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I kind of chunked Leota into this as... Mm-hmm. It's COVID. These are trying times. Everyone needs to make a buck. Yeah, wow. it's the only reason I can think of why he chose I, to. Be, I'm sure they filmed it before. COVID, I feel like this though. movie like might have even been done filming like a year ago now. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. I think 
They probably took like a week and did this movie. Like, I feel like it didn't take that long. Yeah. Pizza time. Zombies are people, too. <laughs> I mean, you can keep that in there, Zombie Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Not as bad as I thought, but the pumpkin flavor really is in there. You get a lot of kiwi. Big Ooh. hit of kiwi. Yeah. There's... There's pumpkin. There's in there. something in there. Yeah. <laughs> There's something. It honestly, in there. it honestly tastes like you liquefied a pumpkin pie. Mine's Why? Yeah. It's this called zombies are people too. <laughs> Aside uh, from associating it with pumpkins, I you know I'm not gonna lie. I, I actually thought it was what you said before, Dave. Zombie lives matter. <laughs> I think that's a bold thing to name this beer. <laughs> All right. So I mean, you, you you keep saying that you taste a pumpkin. I. I I taste it a little bit, but it's not like too much, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm tasting a ton of. Oof. God. Hey, Murray. What's up? Been listening to a lot of the freaking episodes lately, guys. Again, just take a seat. Yeah. Murray, I don't, have you ever met John? I uh, do know. You know, I don't think I have. Yeah. Well, Murray, this is John. This is that guy that always comes on your guys' podcasts and just kind of disrupts them. Sadly, yes. Dude, you know, I come on here, I'm one of the biggest personalities, dude. Just go. We, you know, there's a fresh one right there. Zombies are people, too. Dude, I drink this shit all the time. Really? You drank this before? I swear it just dude, came out. There's too much pumpkin in this one for me, Murray. Dude, the pumpkin flavor kicks it up a notch. I like this shit. Dude, New Twelve puts out some good shit. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know... I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this one, Murray. You know, I'm really a big fan of the pumpkin flavors, butternut squash beers, uh, you know, all these fall flavors combining into the beers. Yeah. And in any kind of food. Butternut squash beers? Dude, they're everywhere. I don't know if I could do they're that. They're fine everywhere. Uh, giant, the beer stops, uh, sheets, uh, your local delicatessen... <laughs> Lucky Seven, all these places. John, it's better just to let him, let him just keep going. You yeah. interrupt him, it's just gonna get worse. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, what what do you think about the beer, Dave? Honestly, I don't think it's that bad. I, I, I'm not really a big pumpkin beer drinker. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bullshit, dude. The pumpkin beers are underweighted. Do we need that shit here, dude? Seasonal, all time, year round. You need to relax. Yeah. Do you know I just got done watching uh six episodes of Earth to Ned on Disney Plus. Good shit, dude. You know, my fa- my favorite streamer. I changed uh you know my profile on there regularly. I finally got my own account on there. Uh you know, I'm waiting for the Proud Family reboot. That's going to be on there any day from now. Damn, the divorce is hitting you hard, isn't it? Yeah. Waiting for the Proud Family reboot. <laughs> are you um Murray did you ever watch Corey in the house dude I binged that during the uh the lockdown yeah when I say binge I mean you know it was a, it was a day long stream alright dude it was only 88 episodes <laughs> you got a lot of time on your hands Murray and you know that's what a furlough does dude it's a little insensitive Murray feel like if you win it, you can say it, dude, you know? 
Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, like, I haven't seen much of you. Where the, what have you been doing? Last time I t- heard from you, you got zumped. Zumped. Uh, you know, making my way. Downtown. Wandering fast. Yeah, uh, well, I wish, <laughs> man, you know. Living solo in the apartment. Uh, you know, no one's... You know, my wife did a lot of the cleaning and shit in there, so it's hard keeping up on that. Uh, there's definitely been some, you know, quitters and stuff while I went through the house. But Have you heard from Joan? Every once in a while, Joan will slide into the DMs. Wait, she wait, she's she's reaching back to you? Uh, it's it's pretty regularly uh, when I know that she's been dwinking, but hmm. you know, we we we've seen each other here and there. I thought it was when she wanted the Disney Plus password. That was only two of the times. Yeah. And I told you I made my own account. So I was I was going to say, Murray, though, like, so you're living on your own. You're saying the, the apartment's messy. Have, um, like, what do you usually do for dinner? I'm imagining you're doing these, like, hungry man meals and, you know, TV dinners. I never liked the hungry man. I never liked them. Uh-uh. Yeah. I've been known to dabble in the, uh, the hungry man, uh. I don't have any pots and pans. The only only uh, cooking vessels I have on Airfire and a, and a wok. I use the wok on, uh, regularly. That's a good one. Uh, you know, make occasionally a stir fry that'll generally last me a week. You know, or not if I make a large enough portion. On the Airfire, you can do anything in it, man. No, I was gonna say though, Murray, and I, I feel like I I saw you walk outside once, and I guess, and I don't mind to be looking at like the trash that you're throwing out. But I saw you had like so many cans of water chestnuts. Is there a reason for that, or do you know they add texture to the stuff? Why? Yeah. You know, you got you throw them in that. Sometimes a snack. I can use them to fend off some of the quitters that come in. I can just leave them by the door, yeah. open up the can. What kind of quitters do you get on a third floor apartment? Yeah, raccoons, some bats, Murray. <laughs> I I want to do a, a scenario with you right here. All right, so you're just. You're sitting in your apartment, you know, and I'm I'm imagining. The, well, I've seen your apartment. So the way it's set up is you go up the stairs and then you open your door, and then immediately to your right is the couch, right? And then you got the TV across from that, and I imagine you just kind of sit on that couch and watch TV, right? Uh, not a couch, a love seat, and it is a laptop. Okay, so you're sitting on the love but gen- seat, but the gen- the general uh, layout is the same. Same, okay. So what would you do if you're just, like, sitting there and, like, in the corner of your eye, you just see this Komodo dragon just enter your apartment? What are you doing in that situation? Oh, fuck, man. Dude, fucking Komodo dragons and shit? Dude, you know, I'm definitely wanting out of there. I'll take the things that I need, the laptop, the walk. Would you use the walk as a weapon, though? Dude, that's just going to piss it off. Yeah. Dude, Komodo Dwagon's fierce as shit. Yeah, they're fast, too. Yeah, I, I think your best course of action might be to just jump out the window. Well, you know, there was that, uh, there was definitely a Disney Plus documentary on them. But, yeah, no, they are fucking, they are fast, dude. They, they can go down steps and shit. They'd have to get up there one way. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't fly, right? Dude, only if you dwink enough. <laughs> I just I oh, Christ man. I don't know why well, I there's was the one that. scenario where this plays out and then there's the other scenario where, you know, it it's docile. Docile it's shit. 
Yeah. And it wants to stay there. I mean, good guard dog, right? Yeah, I prefer it over some other, uh, you know, creatures. Yeah. I mean, you guys are talking about going, like, toward this thing. If I see a Komodo dragon, I'm going the other fucking way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, imagine Murray's apartment. Like, he, there's one exit, and this Komodo dragon just entered that way, and he's blocking it. And who's not to say there's other Komodo dragons hanging out in the stairwell, you know? And you're talking about the guy that went, like, full World War Z during a fire drill the building. Mm-hmm. Remember that? I remember that, yeah. That was, that was scary. There was only one way to handle that fucking situation. Oh, I, I had to do what I had to do in that flywheel. They sent a, They sent an email out weeks before you, this was this was gonna happen. Dude, you know a whole fucking complex. I don't know if the fire's here, if the fire's there. I gotta be waiting for that shit. Now, Murray, we've heard rumors in this complex that. For Halloween, you're planning on being old Deuteronomy from Cats. Can you deny or confirm that? Dude, you wish I could deny or confirm that. You just kind of have to fucking see for yourself, dude. Come down to the complex. Uh, if you went through my mail, you'd maybe know the answer. You know, I'm, I'm, let me tell you, Amazon did not package that shit right. Man, he's dodging questions like Biden. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the political discussion here. I'm a registered member of the Whig Party, and that's all I'll say. All right, Murray, you know, we, we, Murray we, we, got, we got a review to do. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Dude, what are you guys reviewing? Hubie Halloween. Is it on Disney Plus? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. All right, dude, I'll log in. I'll get on the account. I'll watch it. I'll come back up. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, review it with you guys. You'll let us know. All right. Yeah. But yeah, like, like I said before, Murray interrupted mm-hmm. us. Yeah. yeah, not really getting too much pumpkin. I know, I know, you're you're tasting a lot of it. Oh, I got a lot of pumpkin from it. I get like a weird mix of like pumpkin and know, like cinnamon or something. Kiwi, a cinnamon, big hit of kiwi. Yeah, cinnamon. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm tasting a little bit of cinnamon in this. Yeah, there's something in it. This tastes like more like Christmassy, festivey than mm-hmm. than Halloweenish. You know. Yeah. Well, zombies are people too, Dave. Zombies are people too. Yeah, their lives matter. <laughs> but the artwork's kind of cool, though. It, it looked yeah. like it definitely—you could definitely tell that it was designed by an intern uh, graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my you got the, stance you got, on this—you got the line of zombies acting like the village people, each one with their own different personalities. I feel like these zombies just want to be included on Halloween night. One stretching That's his hands out, the other one is doing jazz hands. Like yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. They got jack o' lanterns. Yeah, they look like they're trying to have a good time. And like Christ, so this is one point. So sixteen fluid ounces. Yeah, this is definitely getting worse the warmer it gets. Warmer, yeah. This is one of those beers where I'd imagine it's like that. Uh, you know, I I, just, I don't hate it, but like it's not horrible. I wouldn't go I'll for finish it. it. It's not one of those beers where you have to. Yeah, you take like three sips and then you realize you're not going to finish it. I, I can not a winter it. warmer. This is like a really dark color too. Like this is like a pretty orange. Yeah, Ruby, I, 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 Ruby. for as it's got like a, a dark like caramel kind of like color. Tastes mm-hmm. a little bit like nutmeg, a little bit of spice more than I am tasting the pumpkin. I was gonna but, say. I mean, I don't know if there's some like allspice in here or something. Definitely, something's going on. 
Yeah, I'm definitely tasting the spices. A little bit, a little bit of a nutmeg and cinnamon. Mm-hmm. More than I am tasting the pumpkin. Yeah. And with that being said, like, I agree with you, John. It's it's definitely darker in color, but it's weighing in at five point seven percent alcohol, so it's slightly a little bit above like a your average domestic. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel super heavy. Yeah, or as heavy as I expected it to be. Yeah, a lot of times these are a little heavier. But you know, if you've been following us, postcutter brews, we have a grading scale for these beers on a scale of one to five brews, one being not so good and five being really really good. Mm-hmm. And how would you guys recommend this one? I'd give it a. Two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah. I was going to say, I think I'd go three. I'm going to go with like a 3.7. Slightly about the... I actually don't mind this. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. I expected to... Like I said, I thought I was either going to like it or dislike it. And I'd say it's like middle of the road. So it wasn't really what I I think. I think because it's lighter and it's a lighter beer. I mean, we've been drinking like the hard IPAs recently. Yeah. So this is a nice change of pace. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice way to start out the uh, the, the pumpkin beers in the in the festive season. Yeah, they get right out of the brews of summer now. It's seasonal a good, beers. It's a good intro because I think a lot of these other seasonal beers you get into like spices and mm-hmm. things right. like that. And yeah, yeah. And we say it every episode. We I, I feel liable to say this, Matt. Like, mm-hmm. it's something happens. It's on us. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. And I I can't afford I can't afford a lawsuit right now. Yeah. yeah. These are trying times. You want people to be safe. You know, we're all making, we're all like watching our backs every day, making sure we still have our jobs tomorrow with the pandemic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Don't drink and drive, folks. Yeah. It's stupid, too. Mm-hmm. You should be social distancing. Yeah. You should not be out. I mean, you, you can go out, but like you shouldn't be out with mm-hmm. a beer. Yeah. I, I know that they, they kind of try, try to twist the rules around us and you can have like the go cocktails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's fucking bullshit. Don't do that. It's careless. Yeah. Well, I it's think not, even it's not like, cool either. Hopefully, all the social distancing and the limits and all that stuff is like limiting, you know, stuff from happening, right? Yeah, I just don't like how they say that you can get a, a to-go cocktail. Mm-hmm. Like, how stupid is that? Yeah, I mean, I guess these businesses are just trying to make money, you know. I really think that it's, it's risky. I, yeah. I think it's I think it's really really irresponsible to give mm-hmm. someone alcohol in a to-go cup and and just you know it's not on us. Send them on their way. Yeah. Because nine out of ten, they're going back to their car, mm-hmm. and probably seven out of ten, they're behind the wheel of that car. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think people are just terrible in driving in general, but like adding that to it too is just makes it really worse. Good, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Good beer. Welcome back to Post Better Brews with. Matt and Dave. I will say some of his Netflix movies are kind of a chore to get through. Yeah, they're, they're, San, Sandy Wexler is like a two hour plus movie. Yeah. You get in the middle of that movie and you're just like, ugh. Yeah. But I'm I'm thinking like, uh, you know, like the rest of his crew that's in this movie, you know, it's the usual suspects, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. At least like the the more recent usual suspects, like Dan Patrick as random as anything in these. <laughs> then you have Shaq, and uh, I don't know, Maya Rudolph's been showing up in like more of these recently, too. Tim Meadows. Kevin James, Tim Meadows. Kevin James, you said Kevin James? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve Buscemi, Rob Schneider. 
I mean, those those are the gold standards. Yeah. I was shocked that David Spade wasn't in this. Yeah, yeah. Spade, Chris Rock. There was a couple. He had like, there was a ton of people in Sandy Wax. Like Sandy Waxler, he got a ton mm. of people to be in there. He got a ton of people to play themselves in it too. Uh, that was the thing. Yeah. That was probably why it was so easy to mm. get all those people. Yeah. Nick Swordston wasn't in this though. I don't know what he was doing. Schneider was a good surprise in this one. Mm-hmm. He usually is like, like more recently he just shows up like he's not like expected to do much in it. But you like that storyline. What like Schneider and Buscemi are like in like this werewolf rehabilitation center. <laughs> and he That's escapes. the thing. It's like this when this movie tried to make sense or be a legitimate like thriller. Uh, that was when it re- like failed. Yeah, re- I mean, uh, this guy knows what I'm talking about. Well, there were like five different directions it was trying to go in, and I felt like that was like the main theme they tried to get push on to you is that like Steve Buscemi's a werewolf and he's like killing people throughout the town. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like the the movie leads you to think that it's Steve Buscemi the whole time. That by the time you actually realize it's not Steve Buscemi, it's why did we spend 25, 30 minutes on this storyline? <laughs> Stop yelling at me! Then it's the resolution's just him sitting on a bench with at, with Rob Schneider. Yeah. What, what was the purpose of this storyline? And that's what I have to say is, and this is a spoiler-heavy review, everyone, if you haven't noticed, but, so, like, his mom, like, is she the one that, like, chased that kid in the cornfield? Like, what, did I miss something? I... Yeah, I guess that's what it's leading you to believe. That, yeah, that was, and I don't think we should be thinking this deeply into it, but like... I think that's the thing. That's the thing that's stupid is the movie, I think, began with you with it not really wanting you to think too deeply about anything. And then it kind of starts to go there, and then it kind of dishes its own plans in mm-hmm. the end. But the whole thing with the mom, that just... I Yeah. You know what one part I hated in this movie? And I, I kept thinking she was going to be the bad guy. Just because of how like unbelievably like unnecessary I felt like she was acting, Julie Bowen in this I thought was so bad. <laughs> it was weird. Like, how obsessed she was, this, yeah. how obsessed she was with him, and you're just like, why does she like him so? Much? It was weird, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she looked thirty years younger in this than mm-hmm. she did in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. And not to put that—that's not like. No, I mean she was a big still, reason, but like yeah. They they were good together. She still looked good in Happy Gilmore, but yeah, I mean, you could definitely tell. I'm sure she's had like plastic surgery or something mm-hmm. the past few years. That's yeah. the whole thing with that storyline. Is like if you're not going to make it like an enjoyable or like a good aspect of the movie, at least make it funny. And it wasn't even funny. No, it and I stupid. I think they were trying to go for funny too, and it just didn't work. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's this is like them testing the waters about like maybe the the Sandler Cinematic Universe. I mean, just gauging reactions and stuff like that. I don't know. She was a little more functional in Happy Gilmore, I would say. Right. <laughs> she was an actual person in Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what she was in this. <laughs> but that's the big part. And then the next part I want to bring up, too, is, like, yeah, June Squibb is just, like, ready to, like, roast these people in her backyard. <laughs> yeah, she looked, like, borderline senile throughout this entire movie. <laughs> she's, like, 90-plus years old. Like, she's an old lady. <laughs> Imagine this is her last film and she's wearing t-shirts that she was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few good ones. I'm trying to think back at some of them. 
I think there's a website. I think there's it's like a post. It's like Jerry Scripps like t-shirts and you. Just go on says boner donor. No, that was the big one in it, right? That was a good one. Kai gets me wet. <laughs> <laughs> if you read this, you're in the fart range. No, you know what? <laughs> oh, look, here's one. I shaved my balls for this. Why would, you, why would you put poor June through this? It's an Academy know. Award nominated actress. <laughs> 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 oh. No, what I always forget too that I always think is funny is my Rudolph's married to like Paul Thomas Anderson, <laughs> and she's doing stuff like this. Well, I guess Shit. Sandler did that one movie with her. Yeah, but Dave, you know what I want to talk about too is I I think a scene that stood out for all of us, and I remember I I texted you guys on Sunday and I was like still got forty minutes left at UB, and Dave, you had texted where you were like you know I'm not going to spoil anything, but the radio room scene gets me to laugh all the time. That was, a, one, that was a funny one of the scene. few parts. Like, yeah, the radio, the radio tower scene was really, really good. Yeah. Very well done. <laughs> I gotta give him that. So in this scene, you know, throughout the movie, you have the the person like narrating from the radio, in like um, a, a sexual, like, a sexual voice. Yeah, scene. yeah, in like a a woman's voice, and uh, you know, Yubi Hubert Dubois later throughout the movie goes to the radio station, and you find out the person behind the voice is, is Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Let's green egg and have it. So, but that was pretty funny. That was like unexpected. <laughs> What's even funnier is that like he did the voice when he wasn't even talking to the microphone too. Like he turned it on and off mm-hmm. when yeah. he was having a conversation with him. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> and then his his love interest was the complete opposite. It was like a a frail, smaller butch woman mm-hmm. that was supposed to be a, with a deep man's voice. Like, yeah. It was it, it, it was funny. They, yeah. They did a good job with that. There yeah, were like a couple funny. like all right moments in this. Like, you know, the one moment where he's got these word searches, you know, and the nun like throws him right out. Like that was kind of, that was kind mm-hmm. of funny. And like, and that felt like a genuine like Sandler mm-hmm. from like Happy Gilmore. That was good. Yeah, there was a lot, and even, like, there were a lot of, like, missed opportunities, I felt, like, even for, like, some comedic moments. Like, the scene in the haunted house, like, I thought that was funny when Mikey Day came out, and you're just like, whoa, bro, chill. Yeah, Mike, like, yeah Mike, Mikey Day and yeah. Michael Chiklis, like, it seems like it seems like there's some more guys joining, joining them, the sand band. Yeah. Michael Chiklis. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was. I, he's been. A, he's been in a couple of his movies. Uh, this was the first one I saw him in. I'm he was, hearing he, he was, was in a do over. Yeah. I. You know. I, my only explanation for that, just because this is the first thing I've seen Michael Chiklis do in like ten years, <laughs> since is, the thing. So, yeah, since like those Fantastic Four movies, <laughs> is like Adam Sandler had to have been like a big fan of like The Shield or something when that was on TV, and then like he was just like, you know what, you're a good guy. Why don't you come work on these movies? <laughs> It's probably just, yeah, I mean, he probably offers it, and these people probably see it. It's like, all right, you know, it only requires, like, four mm-hmm. days of work. Yeah. You know, it's this big <laughs> of a pitch. <laughs> you know what I did think was funny in this? <laughs> when it's, like, Kevin James and Keenan are in, like, the police van, and he was like, is anyone protecting my mom? And he's like, we had to send Father Chris over there. We're a little short-staffed this evening. <laughs> I don't even uh, remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I believe it. But. Uh, Kevin James was flat in this entire movie. Uh, yeah, That's unnecessary. Like, yeah. I've never found him that funny, but I, yeah. I found Paul Blart more enjoyable as a performance. And I, you know, I despise Paul Blart. Mm-hmm. You guys know I hate that movie. Yeah. 
Few people do. Few people do like it. Yeah. But yeah, he not necessary. I mean, you don't even need that character in it. Kevin James in these movie in any of these Sandler products, it's so sad because in the back of everyone's mind, it's you're filling the shoes of Chris Farley. That should be Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of those. Like, I, I think the the biggest one is like grown ups. I think when you look at like that whole crew, like they were all on SNL together, minus Kevin James. They probably wrote that movie while they were on SNL. Mm-hmm. They probably had that idea during their time yeah. there. Like when they were gonna make this movie, we're all older. Mm-hmm. I feel like they probably did. Like it's yeah. yeah it. Even Chuck and Larry is probably something he would have done with Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been funnier. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably yeah. would have. Any, anything. Anything that does not involve Kevin James is mm-hmm. is good in my book. The King of Queens is pretty good, though. I, ever... I, I, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, That's, I can't really give a fair judgment on him because I, I've uh, never really seen anything of him. I don't go out of my way to listen to watch Kevin James products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's part of the Sandler crew. Checklist. Mike, Mikey Day might be a good addition to, this, to the Sand Band. Yeah, yeah. He's he, funny. He is funny, yeah. He's he's one of those like underrated persons on SNL now. I feel he usually seems to like the like I know in the second Grown Ups, like Andy Samberg, Will Forte, like all of them were in it. Yeah, Will For- I know Will Forte was in That's My Boy. Like he seems to like to pull from these SNL mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Well, who's the other the the one girl Vanessa Senor? Did I say that Vanessa right? Vanessa Villa Senor. Yeah, she's she's, yeah. she's really funny. She's good. She's really. I, I didn't think she was that funny in this. She's. I think yeah. she had like she had like two show, lines. Though. She had like two lines. Yeah. She has really good impressions. But yeah, she wasn't really in this that much. Like no, I don't feel they, like you engage. Yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting they found she was discovered on America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know who I wouldn't mind seeing show up in Sandler movies, just because I feel like he's pretty funny and like you don't really see him anymore. Bobby Moynihan. Yeah. He's good. He was what in Grown Ups to too, I feel, but yeah, yeah. I think he was. Yeah. What happened to him? He he was on some show on CBS that I know didn't do well, like didn't get picked up. And I he left SNL, I'm pretty sure, to like do that show, and then it didn't even last like a full season. So I don't know what he's uh, doing. It was called like Me, Myself and I. Yeah, I mean it was kind of a, like an interesting premise, I thought. Yeah. It was about like it was like he played like the middle aged one, but like it was followed three storylines, so him as a kid him as like a grow like an, an old man then him as in just a middle aged man. Um, yeah. But it's kinda of like Leslie Jones and now she all I've seen her she's hosting that uh supermarket that super, the supermarket show, yeah. Show, yeah. She's better. She could do something better than that. Yeah. Yeah, she can get, yeah. Well she they well be. they 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 did the gender reversal of Ghostbusters. I mean Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That movie wasn't as Maybe it's not horrible. That's why I'm worried about Kristen Wiig and mm-hmm. as playing Cheetah and Wonder Woman. Like, like, do you think she's up for it? Like, I, the the jury's still out for me. I, I don't know. Yeah, makes you question. But it's, it's like you know, like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. I know that. Like, I think they know they're not mm-hmm. doing these big blockbusters. Yeah, Amy Poehler, and they they start. They went to TV, which is mm-hmm. a smart move. Yeah. So what I was going to say is that I think it's a good point and we can kind of sort of like jump from our UB discussion just to Netflix in general. Yeah, all right. I'll see you guys there. But have you watched any of their like original movie content this year at all or? I can say that I have. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like Old Guard I watched, Eurovision I watched. Yeah. But I mean, they've had, I mean, I feel like it's like, it's it's interesting and I don't know if you guys are noticing anything different, but like, I feel like 
a movie drops on Netflix, it gets hype for like a week and a half, two weeks, and then by that point, the next big thing is on, and you completely forgot about like what that other thing was. Yeah, it's not like a movie, but like, like Tiger King is like a documentary. Like that's all you saw. Like it, they try to fit Tiger King in every category mm-hmm. of Netflix. I think besides kids, and, besides yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's not just the movies. It's, it's the yeah. TV too. I'm I'm sure as well. You know, I think Tiger King was huge because it it some. Somebody must have known something. Like the people on Netflix must have known about the virus. Stuff's going down in mm-hmm. mid March. Let's release Tiger King. It's <laughs> probably the only time they'll they'll get like this this kind of or reaction. else it would have been one yeah. of those things where if it came out mid March and nothing had happened, you know, God forbid any of this happened. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have hit until like May. Yeah, like mid May people would have it would have been like mainstream. You wouldn't get Nicolas Cage to sign on to be Joe Exotic. Yeah. I I still would have loved to have seen Edward Norton or Sam Rockwell instead. Ah, David Spade. David Spade would be good, too. Yeah. I wanted David Spade to do that. There, I mean, I, I think the other thing we have to say, too, is, like, I feel like at some point we're going to get another... Re- There's going to be, like, three Tiger King projects out there, so... The animated series? Maybe, Yeah. It's like when there's Nickelodeon but, shows like they made like Gene Simmons from Kiss. Remember there's there's like Canadian Nickelodeon shows that they came out. Yeah, they never gave them like primetime slots. They were always at like four o'clock in the afternoon, like <laughs> seven in the morning and four in the afternoon. Yeah, and, like Cat Scratch and uh, Cat Scratch. Uh, my dad, the rock star. Yeah, but Life um, of Derek. No, that's on. That was on Disney. Pelswick. You remember Pels- Pelswick? Uh, Pelswick. Was the kid? Do you remember that? Was yeah. the kid in the wheelchair? <laughs> I was gonna say Life of Derek. That, 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 that's on that Disney. Was Disney Channel. That yeah. was that was a stepbrother and sister that had a sexual tension between each other. Remember that one? Yeah, they, you. All, it, it's like weird looking Life back. Life of Derek on Disney Plus. It's probably maybe. Not. <laughs> it's I don't know. I mean, not. it's weird because you could always, you always knew when those shows were from Canada. It just had like a weird like vibe to it, and you were just like, <laughs> "This isn't even Stevens. This is Lizzie McGuire." <laughs> uh, sorry like, to all the Canadian listeners out there. Yeah, we're trashing you. <laughs> Patrick from Ireland, send us your favorite Disney Channel show. <laughs> um, but no, but yeah, to jump back into the Netflix movies. So I, I think this year you're having these. I, this year, more than anything, I feel like Netflix is just dropping some big like blockbuster movies. Whether you're looking at like Spencer Confidential, Extraction's one of the big ones, Project Power, The Old Guard, even things like Eurovision and Enola Holmes. I feel like. You know, these are pretty big, big names for these movies for Netflix. So you kind of have that like blockbuster spotlight for them. But I feel like they also have these more like we're also pushing into like the Oscar season for Netflix, too. Right. And I feel like Netflix really more than ever. I feel like Netflix is most open to getting like an Oscar this year, whether it's for like Mank or whether it's for the trial of the Chicago seven. But I think even when you see last year, you know, they had a lot of big names in the game, too. You had The Irishman and uh, Marriage Story. Honestly, Roma was probably their best shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably two years ago. but Yeah. Yeah, I think they were pretty confident with Roma might have gotten it. Roma would have definitely been the next movie, I think, to get that Oscar. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is like the, the new norm, new trend that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. I was just reading that Regal Cinemas are, are shutting down. Yeah. Again, if if not, maybe forever. I, I was seeing that. So yeah. I mean, as sad as it sounds, I, I really think that movie theaters are mm. really just starting to go away, and I, I think that these streaming services are really going to be the mm. the new norm. Yeah. And you know, another point that I wanted to bring up too, and I'm glad you talked about that, Dave, is 
sort of seeing, yeah, like maybe we get to a point where AMC and Regal close or they cut a deal with these streaming services or they cut a deal with either Amazon or Netflix and they build their own theaters. You know, I, I think we're also getting to that point too. We kind of talked about this in our episode of the future of cinema. Mm-hmm. Right? I said I could totally see like these Regals are now becoming Amazon theaters mm-hmm. and you, you go in with your Amazon subscription mm-hmm. and you get to see the premiere a day before it gets put onto mm-hmm. like the service for the payers that, yeah. that don't pay for that extra premium to mm-hmm. to go see the big production. Yeah, yeah. They call it like Amazon Movie Pass or something like that, and like yeah, and that, like anything that, that their their products they mm-hmm. will put on the big screen for you if you want to go see it. Yeah, I think that's just the way it's going to be. I think it's going to be a while before we get back to like any type of like norm with how we were going to the movies before. Yeah, yeah. They said we're going through our third spike in mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I try to look at it positively where I say there's there's a million things that I want to try and watch or catch up on or see that I'm able to now versus like, yeah, like, you know, I I think another thing we have to say, too, is like we're saving money not going to the movies as much as we like going to the movies. You know, we're not spending that like 13, 13, 14 bucks to see the new movie that weekend. I think some of this stuff like, you know. Pixar and Disney decided to release Soul on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. but I would not be shocked if the second the theaters can open, they mm-hmm. announce like that's a movie that they're going to put. They're putting theaters, like, a re-release in yeah. theaters because you know studios make these movies so that you can see them on the big screen. Like some of them are made, mm-hmm. you know, for Netflix, but some of them, you know, a movie like Aroma, yeah, um, or you know, Netflix's, you know, Mank. Like mm-hmm. they probably made those movies so they could be played in some theaters. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be a while until you get stuff that's made like mm-hmm. exclusively for just a streamer. Yeah. I'm holding on to the glimmer of hope that one day or eventually we'll get we'll get back to normal because even like with the stuff that we're watching on on Netflix now or, or on TV or in movies, you always hear people, people the characters say, "Hey, let, let's go catch a movie or something like mm-hmm. that." Like it's yeah. It's a part of life that is embedded in us mm. in some way or another. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's just something too valuable as a form of art to just let go of so easily. Yeah. Well, I even think one thing, too, is, yeah, you're right. It's, like, tough not being able to go to the theaters, right? But I was going to say, too, like, even, like, when we saw The Irishman, like, it, it premiered on Netflix two weeks after we saw it in the theater, but... I liked that experience of us like seeing that in a the movie theater. That was really I felt like cool. it was cool to see that in the theater. But yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see what it, what it's like moving forward. But I think it's going to be a lot different. Do you guys think that the things that are coming out now are not at the quality that the people that made it or wanted to be? Maybe things are a little bit rushed because of COVID. Like we got to get all this shit like filmed before someone breaks mm-hmm. down in COVID, and we got to shut down like the Batman's. Mm-hmm. Another year. We gotta wait for another year for the Batman. Ain't nobody got time for that. I feel like we we are going to at some point. I feel like probably like next year, either like next summer or like fall, we're gonna hit this point where like content just kind of like drops a little bit, just because we had like yeah like seven six months where like stuff wasn't filming, you know. But like on the same time, I also would rather have it that way than have it be like stuff's getting rushed and they're just like we have to get this out. We have to get this out. Doesn't matter how. I imagine when, like, you're doing a block, like, the, you know, the next Jurassic World movie, like, that's, that's probably something where, you know, they've been filming it and stuff, but I imagine, like, if you're not able to be in that environment of doing those effects, 
on that set or you know in that studio it probably is a lot more to do when you're at home mm-hmm. so yeah there probably is going to be a period where stuff kind of dwindles mm-hmm. off but at the same time like netflix netflix probably knows what they're releasing in january mm-hmm. and february but there probably is a point where it's like hey the show that we wanted to premiere in april you know we haven't been able to finish filming it so we're gonna have to move it back two months mm-hmm. so yeah and i i think you know we've talked about it before but i think a lot of animated stuff is going to start becoming really big so i feel like that's a lot of stuff that people can they can work from home and do things right on their computers yeah, I mean, voice actors can probably just call in and do their yeah. lines and yeah yeah they could probably do it over something like this mm-hmm. like, like a probably podcast do. they probably yeah. do mm-hmm. all those fox animated shows have you know come back and yeah had episodes and you know netflix and all them have put out animated shows since then hulu mm-hmm. i don't know I mean, you're seeing you're seeing fans in football stadiums so I, I i i'm holding on to a little bit of hope that things are going to be they're not gonna shut things down again yeah like at least, at least in philadelphia and like pennsylvania like one of the, like the, the most strictest parts of the country mm-hmm. because of the people in charge mm-hmm. and what but the people think one way or another about them like they really have made this whole thing very very strict and hard to to do things normally mm-hmm. i mean and they even said they're not even gonna shut things down because mm-hmm. now we're so prepared for another wave which yeah. is why things got shut down to begin with mm-hmm. so i mean i guess we just gotta wait it out Let's see what happens when this vaccine comes that's supposedly coming we'll see i mean we were supposed to get it a while ago right <laughs> very soon as trump would say very soon um yeah I love this stuff. I really get it. <laughs> Would you take the vaccine? I'd be worried. I, not, not right away. Not, not, right, not away. right away. Yeah. I'd be worried that I'd be growing like a tail or something like that. Yeah. Turn yeah. turn into like the lizard from the mm. Sony Spider-Man. Yeah. He's back. Is he? Giamat. I actually saw something that was interesting I was reading today. I meant to tell you guys. They were saying, like, they think Jamie Jamie Foxx apparently signed some, like, production deal, like, with Sony. And they were saying they think his whole coming back in Spider-Verse is, like, fulfilling his contract. Oh. Because he was signed on to do a Sinister Six, like, movie. Mm-hmm. Article was saying, like, what happens with, like, a Paul Giamatti and stuff then. Yeah. Like, because he was, like, signed on for a Sinister Six. Well, I feel like a lot of them, too. Like, I feel like, like, if Kirsten well, Dunst, probably, and... Probably, well, that's the... I mean, the thing, probably Paul Giamatti, they'll probably, certain people, they'll probably just pay off, but Jamie Foxx going to them and saying, hey, you know, I want to make these, you know, 10 movies with your company, it's probably like, all right, well, mm-hmm. we don't want to have to pay you for opting out of this, let's just, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to bring you back into this, you'll fulfill yeah. your contract. And... Yeah. Mm. But he probably wants to do it all the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, anything else we want to say about this, or about Hubie or just in general Netflix um I don't know I mean I think this might be a good time for us to test out the phone lines right oh yeah yeah let's um what do you have in mind I think I have someone we can give a call in mind yeah you think so yeah hit hit your phone that's good that's good hello Hey, Dad. Yeah, hey, Matt. Hey, so you're on post-credit brews. So, yeah, so you, you know, you know why we're calling. We're, uh, you know, yeah. obviously doing our UB Halloween review. I know you gave this a watch last weekend, so I uh, just wanted to hear some initial thoughts from you. 
On the movie? Yeah, yeah. Overall? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't uh, one of his best. It wasn't one of the worst. Um, I think the last yeah, time we had, I think the last time we had you on, you said a quote that really resonated with me with this movie, and it's just trash TV at its finest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I I would say it was. <laughs> it was trash TV. But it was. I mean, it was. It was. It was watchable. Yeah. Basically, it was. It was the Water Boy. Twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know that's who he was. I, I kind of put basically. like the Water Boy and like Billy Mazin into one. It really just seemed like Stanley just yeah. stopped caring. Like this is like this. Like, I think the first time he actually legit was just like, I just don't care what I'm putting on on the film right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, he's you know, he's done some goofy stuff on Netflix these past few years. I thought I was gonna like the reunion between him and Julie Bowen, and mm-hmm. that was just more cringeworthy right. than anything in it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that I didn't, that didn't resonate with well, me. Well, that Julie Bowen looked like thirty years older in Happy Gilmore versus yeah. now, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. What, uh, I like any scenes. Ray, or... Ray Liotta's uh, time in there. Ray, Ray Liotta had a good. That's uh, like, that's another thing. It's like he just like he gets. I, I think with Sandler is that he, he's so popular with people because mm-hmm. I guess maybe the work environment, maybe just like get a free, a nice easy paycheck just to go on and just have fun and not like really care and have like stress free fun. Yeah. Yeah. But like he gets right. guys like like I don't even consider Vanilla Vanilla Ice to be like a big mm-hmm. name, but like Ray Liotta is huge. <laughs> like Shaquille O'Neal's a big name. Like yeah, he's getting right. he's getting top notch people. And well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for the next movie. He has to have he's had Al Pacino and Ray Liotta. Now he has to get uh, De Niro and Tushy in the next one. Maybe that'll be the next one. What would be your ideal scenario with Joe Pesci in, in a Sailor movie? I could I could see him in that. Yeah. <laughs> Any of Sandler's movies so far, which one would Pesci fit in with the best? That's my boy. Uh, see, yeah, that's my. He would be good in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pesci and oh god, that, that's Grown Ups probably. <laughs> okay. Everybody was in that. You know, so. I was gonna say Pesci would have been good in the radio room scene in this one. Instead of Shaq, throw Pesci in there. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty bizarre. Yeah. What were your thoughts on uh, like the, a... the mom in this movie, Dad? Well, the mom, she was in. I don't know. She was in something else from him. June some Squibb. Point. Yeah, she was in something before, right? I mean, I know her from Nebraska. That's about it. Like she's been in Nebraska. stuff. But... I forgot she was in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, the old mom in that. Yeah. yeah. She yeah, also just like she just gave up too. Like she like wearing the t shirts that she was wearing, like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the usual you know, the you know, Dan Patrick and mm-hmm. you know Schneider. The usual crew, Schneider, they I thought Schneider Buscemi had a good combo in this. Schneider yeah, that was yeah, Schneider's was weird. Buscemi was okay. Yeah. And the guy from uh who's the the guy that was in the water boy, the, the Blake Clark. Is that him? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had like a bit part. Yeah. I was like Colin Quinn. I forgot he was even in this. Colin Quinn? Yeah. Ben Stiller at the beginning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got the next one supposed to be is an agent or something? Or yeah, I actually think that's movie. supposed to be like a serious yeah. movie. Yeah. Serious? I think so. Yeah. They're filming it in Philly. LeBron James yeah. is producing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to get mom to watch Hubie Halloween. Here's. <laughs> <laughs> Sit 
Is that your weekend watching? So, what's that? Weekend watch? Weekend watch, yeah. Yeah. Gotta binge, you know. Binge yeah. watch. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, all the usual, you know, all the usual characters and mm. just, uh, he has his wife and everyone now, so. Yeah. Sailor's wife and kids, you know, so. Did you like, uh, Buscemi's storyline as a werewolf in this, though? <laughs> it was bizarre. Him and Schneider were bizarre in this. I don't know. You know, it wasn't the usual Schneider part. Yeah. Is he a bit more tame? Tame? Tame, yeah. What? Yeah, I, I, it was just different. I don't know. Did yeah. you like his role better in this or in The Wrong Missy? Jeez, that's the wrong issue. That's a, he, he was probably better in that. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that was a Happy Madison one too, I guess. How how was Nick Swartzen not in this one though? He was yeah. He, he must have been doing something else, I guess. Yeah, he's doing and, uh, other serious. David movies. Spade too. He wasn't in it either. Yeah, no Spade. Spade yeah, none of the guys here, co- co- covert and the guy with the eyes and. Yeah. I think I saw covert wrote this though, or he like produced it or something. I think oh, Spade's really? doing like more animation stuff. He's got like a, a talk show now. He, yeah, yeah. He's, he's always ho- yeah. Uh, filling in for Jimmy Kimmel. Like he's mm-hmm. he's definitely moving more mainstream. Yeah, trying to inch his way out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a different, you know. Yeah, like I said, usual usual Sandler stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Any any but, final uh, thoughts on it or? Just like I said, it was it was okay. It was just usual, you know. I guess run of the mill uh, Sandler fair. I mean, it was it was watchable. I guess you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't that it wasn't one of his best. I, I wouldn't say it was one of his best. Yeah. Well, I guess they're trying to bring back the, uh, like I said, the Happy Gilmore magic. I guess bringing her back, mm-hmm. bringing Julie Bowen back. Yeah, we'll see what he's got coming up. You know, I guess in these like he goofy said, movies, you know. So that's a serious one, this next one, you said? Yeah, I think he plays this, like, this, like, old, like, sports coach or... Like an agent? Yeah, like, sports agent. Uh, I guess he, like, travels to China and he brings some guy back to play for, like, the NBA. Um, Probably going to be, like, a a Wexler or something. Well, like I said, I think it's actually supposed to be a serious movie. Like, not, like, a serious movie, but I don't think it's supposed to be, like, Ridiculous Six like Sandy Wexler yeah. type stuff. He's probably has some kind of form of like alcoholism or something like that or some kind of like backstory that makes him like sort of super depressed or Maybe it. something serious. It's probably be like the way back meets Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're hmm. they're filming it in Philly. Are they really? Yeah, he's he was spotted in Philly yeah, this week. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I did see that, yeah. So. Yeah. Huh. The same man loves Philly. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a big Knicks fan, but like, yeah, he's always in Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. It's going to be interesting. Well, we appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Yeah, thank you. You are our the, our Sandler uh, correspondent. Yeah. Any anytime no, we do no. something Sandler, we give you a ring. We appreciate your Adam time. Sandler expert. No problem. <laughs> next time you get the, the winter warmers coming over next time, you know that. It's still in your fridge. Saving it for you. It's still in the fridge. Yes. Did you even taste it? <laughs> I think I did taste one of them. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's a couple. T- they're sitting there. They're, they're, lock your doors. If you crack that open, lock your doors. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't leaving. Winter's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff, that's the stuff you have tonight. 
we're drink we're drinking mm -hmm. zombies are people too. It's a pumpkin ale. Yeah. That's some stuff from the uh, Stickman Brewery over here. Okay, I'm trying to get over to Broken Goblet again. Yeah. I want to get back to Broken Goblet soon. I want to get the uh, the gritty beer that's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. But so. all right. Well, thanks for coming on again, Dad. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right. Any Sandler movies? You know. We'll Let give you know. a call. Absolutely. <laughs> sounds good. All, all right. right. Take care. We'll see you. All right. All right. See you. Bye. All right. Anything final thoughts on Hubie Halloween? Check it out. You know. Roll the road. Yeah, I mean, this, I, you this don't really see too many like Halloween comedies. I, I feel like this could be one that gets watched once a year, like Hocus mm -hmm. Pocus yeah. or uh, The Nightmare Before Cr uh, Christmas, mm -hmm. Halloween Town. Yeah, I, I could see this being put in this well, mainly because there's people. Like, I've heard this from word of mouth. Like I didn't go out of my way to way to to research this movie like people told me you should watch this this is funny mm -hmm. so it's gaining some traction and you know, you know what for the spirit of halloween it it, it does play that well it, mm -hmm. it does get you in, into the, the halloween spirit it really does it's a good distraction from everything that's right yeah going on. yeah mm -hmm. i think netflix has been great with that yeah i mean this you know what you're getting with this movie and if you can accept that, then you'll you'll be fine with it. Mm -hmm. There's far far worse, San in my opinion, there's far worse Sandler you could watch. Yeah, don't go in expecting Citizen Kane with this one. But <laughs> just have fun with right. it. Right. Now this is a, this is a good episode. Mm -hmm. It was a good way to start the uh, the fall season. Yeah. You know. Hopefully, with all the movies and stuff coming out, there'll be a lot more reviews and stuff mm -hmm. on the blog and stuff we'll do here. Yeah, yeah, you just wrapped up the boys, season right. season two. They're all long. Yeah, there. check that out. John did a great job. Really just good recapping job, yeah. the whole season. I'm gonna get a post together. I'm gonna make a big post promoting all of them. I just haven't gotten around yeah. to. It. I don't really go on Facebook anymore. I liked um one one point I liked a lot with it, John, was how you like made like a a strong character in like each season, or each episode, like who you felt was like the standout. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Yeah, it was it was a nice good layout, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else coming up down the line for us or no, I mean there's definitely a lot of Netflix movies and stuff. I wanna get back into review, writing. So. I definitely want to get back into like doing yeah. the yeah, last like, one I wrote uh, was Book Smart. Like a trial with Chicago Seven. Like we're not gonna do an episode for that, but it could be cool to do a review for a that. review Someone for it. Yeah. Review for it. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. You know, maybe maybe next year when it comes out I heard Dexter's coming back for another season. Did you hear that? Saw that, yeah. I was a big Dexter fan. So mm -hmm. maybe I could do a Dexter write-up. Watch it. Yeah, definitely. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, but check out the blog. It's postquitterbrews.blogspot.com. John mm -hmm. does a great job at it. We have other contributors, Matt, myself, mm -hmm. our, Steve. Steve. Our, our buddy Steve. A lot of, definitely the Halloween season. Steve's uh, mm -hmm. got some articles on there. One, Lars von Trier, and then he has his one where he rates some horror movies from the 2010s. Yeah, that's a good one, so too. That's a good read. Very good. Mm -hmm. It's still getting views, right? It's a very popular article, and definitely with Halloween coming, it's definitely very fitting. Yeah. Maybe we should reshare that. We'll just reshare it like, in the spirit of Halloween. We'll yeah. do that. Yeah. And if you have anything you want to you want to contribute to the blog, let us know. Shoot us a DM. We're on social media, Facebook, mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram is what we usually do. We're mostly, mostly active on Instagram more than anything. Yeah. I think that's the the, the new, like, standard for social media. Facebook's mm -hmm. for your aunts and uncles and Twitter's for 
bitch and complain. Well, they're all for bitch and complaining, but it's yeah. more bitch and complain on Twitter than anything. Yeah. Instagram's just fun. Memes, pictures, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So check us out. Postgraded Brews. With that being said, I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And thanks for listening. Yeah, who-